Good morning. You know, there's uh, certain things God says to you every now and then. And, uh, and, and some of these words I might share with you today, you might have already heard over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I believe it's uh, something God laid on my heart a couple of weeks ago. And uh, in, in a way, and, and you know, you go, well, is that, a, is, that, is that something God wants me to share and, and so you put it in the back of your mind thinking, I'll remember that. And, you know, and so you put it in your back of your mind. You go, then a couple of days later, you go, what, Lord, what was that? Was it, was it you gave me again? And you forget. And, um, but then you, the Lord brings it back again. And, and I think the reason why the Lord's brought it back again is because over the last couple of weeks, I've mostly shared this a little bit with a number of people. And um, so I'm thinking, well, this is mostly just not for... For individuals, this is most probably uh, maybe something that's for, for a greater audience or greater purpose within our community of people. And, uh, and, and so this morning, I'm just going to share a little bit on the lines of um, perseverance. Perseverance. And uh, as I was putting this message together, and, 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 and God allowed me to come up with a nice title for the podcast... And um, I came up with the title, Toughen Up, Toughen Up. But then as I was thinking of that, I'm thinking, that's you, Roger. And as much as the Lord wants us to toughen up, he also wants us to soften up. And so this morning, the, the, the message is on soften up. Because if we don't have a soft heart to the things of God, when we have to persevere and endure, we're not going to toughen up. If we have a hard heart to the things of God, if we have a hard heart to what God is showing us, then we, 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 we are, we are going to be hard people and we are going to come to a place where we will severely hurt not just ourselves and, 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 we will, uh, and we will hurt God because he's a jealous God and he wants to love you, but we're going to hurt others and that's a scary place to be in. And so God is, is saying to us this morning to soften up. He's telling us to, to persevere. When I think of the word perseverance, I put a few other words with it. I put the word endurance. I put the word patient. And in all those three words, I believe they go together. They work uh, in conjunction with us. If you're going to persevere through a hard time or through a struggle, then you are going to need patience. If you are going to persevere, you're going to have to endure and uh, the thing about perseverance is it sometimes is going to be severe. It's like a serving. It's a persevering. You're going to serve and you're going to have a, a severe kind of like case of being served, something that's kind of like going to be severe. That's why you're going to have to persevere. It's a serving of of something that's going to be tough. It's a serving of something that you're going to have to endure. It's a serving of you going through this, this maybe struggle. It's a serving that's going to be severe. And so you're going to have to soften up and really ask the Lord to teach you as you go through it and show you. And even this morning, I'm thinking, because there's so many angles you could go with this message, and, and a lot of you have most probably kind of heard 
the message on perseverance before from other preachers. But I, I, like I've been dishing this message out kind of like in the coffee shops over the last two weeks. I've been talking to people about perseverance. I've been talking to people about patience. I've been talking to people about it because I think as a church, and I'm not just saying Bridgewater, I'm just saying people all around us as a, as a church, a body of Christ, everywhere, we're, we're always looking for the greatest of gifts. And we're always looking to, 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 to somehow totally impact the kingdom of God with one of the, the gifts that's going to just allow our, uh, something to be seen of God. But I'm not sure if, if a lot of us are asking for the, 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 God, the Spirit of God to, to bring us to a place of perseverance. Because when we have to persevere, that means something is going to be severe that is happening in our lives. And so I, I don't know if, if many of us are asking for perseverance or endurance or patience. When I think of these three words, and I, and I think of even myself, uh, when, I, when I think of the word uh, laboring in the fields, in the harvest field, the thing that the Lord shows me is that I'm laboring. That means it's hard work. That means I have to endure. That means I have to be patient for God to show me some good things, for God to give me some good things. And as I deal day to day with people, especially uh, young people and, and new Christians, one of the things I have to continually say to them is, you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to persevere if you want to see God do something greater in your life. And so you're going to have to not just toughen up, you're going to have to soften up to the things of God. You're going to have to ask God to put big desires in your heart. You have to teach him, tell him to show you and to teach you. And if you have your Bibles on you this morning, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 13. I'm going to be reading in Exodus chapter 13. And the thing I, I like about Exodus is this is just before they leave um, Egypt and they go out of Egypt and, 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 and they're going to go into the wilderness. Time of testing a time before they get to something greater, the promised land. But the, the crazy thing about Egypt is, is God allowed them to go there many years before due to a famine. God allowed them to go to Egypt. And while they were in Egypt, under great sufferance, under great bondage, having to endure uh, slavery from the Egyptians, from the pharaohs, having to endure one of the things that God did one of the mighty things that God did to this nation is He actually He molded a nation together. This, this is the good thing. As we can look at, at Exodus, that uh, they came out of Egypt and the Word of God says there was at least 600,000 males. That's just males. Then you've got the children, then you've got their wives. And I'm not sure how kind of like kind of like entrenched on concubines they were at that time. So you had all the children, you had the wives, you had the cattle, you had everything. They had, they had come to a place of, of uh, coming together as a community. And so they had built this amazing nation of people while they were in a place of perseverance. <clears throat> while they were in a place of endurance, of slavery, of bondage. They came to this place where now 
they were a mighty nation and Pharaoh himself was starting to some way get a little bit scared of what was happening to this nation. Pharaoh had seen a, a nation start to slowly come together. We, 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 we came from the place of Abraham where God took the single man. If you go all the way back to, to, to Adam, and then you had Adam and, and Eve, and God started with them, and then we had, came to the place of Adam and God, uh, Abraham, sorry, and God through Abraham started to mold a family. Oh, you're a good man, Jock. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And so under Abraham, God molded a family, and God said to him that he'd make him a mighty nation. God had to mold a family first before that family could somehow be even greater. And they went through a lot of trials, but then you get into the place where we're now in Egypt, Abraham's gone, and now God's asking Moses to come back and take them. But now God had gone from Adam and Eve, a single couple, and then he'd kind of built through, through Abraham a family, and then he built this place where now from a family he'd now molded a nation. And that nation was molded under bondage and perseverance and slavery and endurance and hard labor. And they started to frighten the Egyptians around them. And then God decides to take them out of Egypt. And in in, in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, he says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and they might return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land, God did not allow them to go that route. Even though that was the shortest route where you could most probably kind of grow God did not allow you to go through that route. Even though some things look good, we don't live in a quick fix society when it comes to God. God wants to mold your life over a lifetime. You want to be kind of like doing everything tomorrow. You want, you, want to be, you want to be understanding. You want to be biblically sound. You want to be biblically mature. You, you, want, to be, you want to have all the wisdom that God has. You want all the experience that, that someone that's been doing life with Jesus for 30 years, you will want that tomorrow. But that's the shortest route to something great and to a dynamic and intimate relationship with Jesus is not always going to be given tomorrow. God's going to lead us around other paths so that we just don't know about God, but we actually get to experience it. And he gets to mold our character through that perseverance, through that endurance, and through that place where we might have to come to a place where God has to change us. Sometimes the shortest route is not the best route for us. Sometimes God has to take us on a longer journey to show us something. Sometimes maybe because we don't get it. But sometimes because it's better for us, because in that longer journey, God can mold us. 
We'd rather be there tomorrow, but God's saying, you know what? This is going to be a work of a lifetime. And God says here that, that if the people are faced with the battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Isn't that so easy for us to look into that and go, wow. Isn't it? When someone comes up across something, when the struggle is right in front of your face, it's so easy for us to turn away. It's so easy for us to give up. It's so easy for us to say, you know what? I can't hack this. God's not with me. God's not real. I'm not, I can't go through this again. And, and God kind of knew a little bit that if he went, they went the short way, they could easily get turned off. So God was going to take them the long way. And he was going to let them go. I mean, the Red Sea was going to be no greater. I mean, if you get just to the next chapter, they get to the Red Sea and go, now what? They moan straight away. You know, God says, well, if I take them the short route, that's not going to be the best for them and they might give up. And so he takes them a little bit kind of around the Red towards the Red Sea and goes that way and they get to the Red Sea and they already have a little bit of a moan. God, what are you doing with us here? Why are we here? Even though he's taking them to a longer route, there's still a little bit of kind of like them not totally agreeing with God, what God's going to do in their lives. And that's the greatest thing, that, that for them to enter into the promised land, they come out of Egypt, out of bondage, and now they, they come into a place of victory where God does a miracle right in front of their heart, and they go through the Red Sea, and God does this miracle, and now they have to go into the wilderness where God's going to allow them to go through another trial. Do you really want all that I promised? Do you really want all that I have to offer in the promised land? And so he allows them to go through this, this season, I suppose, of wandering through their own moaning, wandering a little bit, a longer journey than it should have taken. And there he molds a nation, and only those that really wanted what God wanted were allowed to go into the promised land. Many dropped off. Many did not go through because they moaned and they groaned, and they didn't see the fight and the struggle that God had for them as something that was to be endured and something that was to be expected and something that was to be experienced. God says for us, soften up. He's going to take us on a journey. This journey is going to be one that's going to need perseverance, because it's going to be severe. This journey is going to be one of character building, of, of molding you as a person so that God can use you. You know, I had, you know, the thing of why God wants to mold us as, as a person is because when he molds us as a person, then we are effective in the kingdom of heaven. See, what, when God molds us, he's building the kingdom of heaven. That's what he's doing. When God allows you to go through a struggle or a trial, he is molding the kingdom of heaven in you. As God molds the kingdom of heaven in you, he is building the kingdom of heaven. See, if you don't, if you don't let God work as you go through a struggle, then you are not letting God build the kingdom of heaven. 
See, because as you go through that struggle, as you go through that trial, as you soften to the things God is doing, you are building the kingdom of heaven. And as you build the kingdom of heaven, see, when you die, only those things that you did in faith go into the kingdom of heaven. It's the only things that go into the kingdom of heaven. The things that you let God do as he molded your person, as he molded your character, as he molded the things that he thought, you know what, need a bit of chopping here, need a bit of burning there, need a little bit of chopping there. That character molding was kingdom building. That's what it was. Because only that is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Everything else that God was trying to get rid of, that you held on to, and you didn't listen, and you didn't soften your heart, God can't use that to build his kingdom. That builds destruction. And only that will then be, be, be burnt and chucked away. But only the things that you allow God to mold in you. Because he says that if you go through Suffering, if you go through trial, he's going to mold you into a person. You've got to endure. You've got to be patient. He says it's going to give you a stronger hope. It's going to strengthen you. And you're going to have greater hope. And only that's going to be taken into heaven. Only that. But if you reject it, if you try and take the short route, if you try and take the easy path, if you give up too early while you were getting weary, God says that you won't reap the harvest that he has for you. But if you give up, you won't get to be a part of what that was in the kingdom of heaven. I kind of get excited when I think that as God's building me, or as he's challenging me, that stuff is what he's taken to heaven with me. And it's going to somehow be a part of my world in the heavenly. Wow. The thing he's doing in me is going to be what I'm going to be surrounded with in the heavens. I'm excited about that because it's not just for now. It's for heaven later on. It's for the rest of eternity. So it's not just, you know, God, I want to give up. I don't like this right now. You've got to say, well, God, it's going to give me a stronger hope, and I'm going to get to experience this and live with this for the rest of my life in heaven. See, Jesus, I believe, is the ultimate when it comes to perseverance. We know that he's God. Okay, so he could do that. But as we, we look at the life of Jesus when it comes to this area of perseverance, one thing, there's a, a few things that we can take from his life and we can learn about this, this area of endurance. We know that Jesus, when it came to perseverance, he perspired. He perspired. When he was in the garden, he perspired. There was, there was sweats of blood. There wasn't just a few sweats up here because he'd had a, a, a bit of preaching time at the Last Supper, but he was sweating blood. He knew what was ahead of him. He was, uh, you know, as, as he cries out to God the Father, he's crying out, you know, God, I, I pray that uh, this is what you really want, you know. I'll be praying that too. You know, is this really what you want me to kind of go to the cross and, and be hung and died and a spear put in my gut? Is that what you really I'll be asking the same questions. And we all ask the same questions as we're going through hard times. God, is this really what you want? 
And he's going, yeah, yeah. It is what I'm allowing at this time. This is what I want you to go through. I want you to soften your heart. So Jesus is there and he's sweating blood and he's asking his father, do I really have to go through this? And then he just, he just surrenders and he says, yeah, Lord, if it's your will, if it's your will, then let it be done. He perspired. He was, he was coming to this place of saying, really, can I trust my father? That's why he was perspiring. He was, he was trying to come to a place of trust. Can I trust God the Father of what you're allowing me to go through right now? See, when we have to go through perseverance, when we have to endure, we have to ask ourselves, do I really trust God in this matter? Do I trust him? I'm not, I'm not enjoying some of the things in my life. It, it's kind of like, even though he's saying, you know, do it with joy, it's kind of like a struggle for me right now. And so we, we, we have to perspire just as Jesus perspired. And we have to ask ourselves the question, do I really trust God in the struggle right now? Or am I not trusting him? Am I really perspiring? Am I really intensely coming to God in prayer and communication and talking on, am I, throwing, am I throwing out my heart? Am I throwing out my desires? Am I throwing out my struggles to God? Am I really trusting him in what I'm going through right now? Jesus sweated in the Garden of Eden. And he, he perspired to the place of where blood was just coming out because he didn't want to give up. But you know what? He wanted to know that God the Father had his back. He wanted to, so there was no big deal in him sitting there on his knees in the Garden of Eden, in the quiet place, and throwing out to God, God, can I trust you in this? He says, God, if this is your will, then I'll do it. How many of us do that in every, every avenue of situation that we're going through? You know, I'm even... You know, you know, the crazy thing about me, you know, because I could, I could easily make this message toughen up because I, that's the kind of guy I'm like. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever noticed that. You might surely see me as a big softy. You know what I mean? And, and, but that's cool. I, that's great that you see me that way. But, you know, but, but my, my dad would always say, toughen up, Rog. My uncles, when I live with my uncles, when I live with my granddad, my, my granddad would go, what are you doing? Just go and do it. Well, yeah, let's go do it. And so you just easily come to this place where you, when, when something hard comes, that means you dig in harder and you toughen up and you just go for it. But Jesus, he came to this place where he softened up. And I've, I think that's a place we've got to come to, where he was in the garden and he's pouring his heart out to God, his Father. I don't know about you, but I could never really do that to my dad. And, and I, 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 you know, there's nothing against my dad. That's just who he was. He, he had no better model and so, you know, I couldn't say, well, Dad, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't want to do the concreting, you know, my hands are going to get dirty, and, and, you know, Dad, I'm only eight years old, I don't really want to get up at 5.30 in the morning and go and milk the cows because it's real cold, you know, and uh, I'm just a young little eight-year-old boy. It'd be good for you, son. 
But, but, you know, God wants us to come to this place where we can pour out our heart to him. Where we can just pour out and pour out. Where we can soften up and we can perspire. But you have to soften up and you have to keep asking yourself the question every time that you have to persevere, can I trust God in this? Or will I just trust my own instincts and I'll take the shortest route out and I'll quit right now? God says that it's easy for us to get weary when we're doing good. It's easy for us to get tired. It's easy for us to get fatigued. It's easy for us to give up when we're doing good. And so God says, don't give up while you're doing good. For in due season, in due time, at the right time, you will receive a harvest. You will receive a reward. You will see what God was trying to show you. You will be able to grow in maturity and wisdom. You will have your character molded through this place. You have to come to a place where you're perspiring. You're you're saying, you're throwing out intensely to God, can I trust you in this? Can Can I really trust you in all that is going on right now? The second thing that Jesus did is he not only perspired when he was going through hardship, but it says that the Word of God also says that that Jesus went through a lot of pain. The thing about perseverance is that you're going to go through pain as well. You know, the hard thing I'm coming to grips with is is that, you know, maybe I didn't study this enough and I want to go back and study this because this is just a thought that was coming to my mind not long ago as I was sitting down going, oh, man, God, give me that word now. I haven't even studied that. And when, when, in the scriptures, when it talks about suffering, in, in some of the New Testament passages, the suffering was always in, in reference to sticking, sticking your neck out for the gospel. It, it was always at this place where, where you were willing to, to kind of jump out and really tell others about Jesus. And, and it talks about there that there's a suffering that you go through for persecution because you're going to offend people. But there's, there's one thing that, that Jesus did is that, that he, when he went to the cross, there was pain. He went through pain. And so we're going to perspire, but we're also going to go through some pain. And, and I believe that the pain that we're going to go through when, when, we're, when we're learning to walk with God is the pain of change. None of us like change. I don't like change. I mean, come on. I'm at someone's house last night, and they're giving me a hard time about my hair. When are you going to cut your hair, Roger? I'm like, what are you, my mother? You know? I'm like, you know, you're a mate. You're not my mother. I'm like, you know, that would be a big change. You know what I mean? You know? Like, whoa, okay, well, could I, like, cut my hair, really? I mean, here's my, one of my best friends kind of, like, giving me a hard time. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. You know, so I'm thinking about change, you know? You know, you might think it's kind of, like, irrelevant, but, you know, I'll shave your head right now. Yeah, well, you know, come on. Why don't we just all do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, for those that, and for those that have shaved their head, you can't shave it for five years. Oh, yeah, now you back out, okay? Because that, that would take a lot of change on your behalf to go through. See, I believe that, that change requires pain. It's painful. Jesus went through a big change when he went through pain at the cross. He was now changing the whole course of history. 
He, he, was, he was not only going through the change of being on earth, but he was now leaving his disciples. It was painful, all right. He was taking on the sin of the world. I mean, that's a big change. Kind of before he's gone through a bit of rebuke, he's gone through some rejection, you know, a few issues like that that we deal with every now and then. But, but now the pain at the cross is the pain of the whole world's sin upon his shoulders. And that's a lot of transformation that's going to go on in that man right there and then. I think there's a bit of pain there that's going to happen. He, that the whole of history is going to change forever, never ever to be the same, and to bring about that historical transformation, Jesus had to go through a lot of pain. He just walked with 12 men for three years, and in that three years he'd got, I mean, I don't know what it's like for you, but, but to walk with someone for a period of time every day, I mean, come on, some of you only get to see on Sunday. Some of you I walk with for one or two days or three days. I walk with my family every day. And here's Jesus at every given moment. He wakes up and, and right there is the 12 guys. And you know what? They'll be, they'll be looking at him going, hey, dude, what are we going to do today? Oh, well, let's just go hang out in the coffee shops and preach the kingdom of heaven. Well, okay, didn't we do that yesterday? Yeah, let's do it again. You know, and so every day they've walked together. He's, you, you've got to say he's come to love them just kind of a little bit. And now he's, he's got to go through the change of leaving them and then even their heart is going out and he's saying, you know what? It's actually a good thing that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come and be your comforter. You'll get more comfort out of the Holy Spirit than you would out of me. So he's trying to, I don't know, maybe he's trying to transition some emotional pain that he's going through, relational pain. There's this whole change that he's going through. And see, when we go through change, there's pain involved. Because sometimes we don't like the change that God wants to bring about in our lives. And so there's pain, you know? No, God, I'm really struggling to love that person. No, you know what, God, I'm, I'm really struggling in this, this area of trying to work every day and get up and then have some kind of purpose in my life. So, you, you know, and God's saying, well, this is the purpose I want for you at work. This is the purpose I want for you at school. This is the purpose I want for you in your home. This is the purpose I want for you and your wife and your children. This is the purpose I want for your connections into the community of the church. This is what I want. And you're going, I'm really struggling with that. It's not really what I want. There's a bit of pain because some change has to take place. Some transformational being within you has to change. And see, the thing is that you, you've just been raised all your life being who you are. I read an interesting article the other day at one of the high schools, you know. And I'm just kind of like, kind of waiting for something. I can't remember what I was waiting for. And I'm reading this thing and this, this. And it was, saying, it was just some, a history class, and I'm reading this book, 
in the book, it just said this. It said Hitler, Hitler wanted at least the first five years of primary school teaching with young people. The first five years. Because in that five years, he could mold them to what he wanted. And, you know, and I'm thinking, whoa, that, that's heavy, heavy material. We can see why we had a regime that was so brutal and that was so, in a sense, it was, it, it was, it was so willing to come under the authority of one man. He got them for the first five years of their school training. And, you know, if you, you think of ourselves, where, where we, have, we, we have ingrained into us, for I don't know when you came to faith, nine, when you were 19, when you were 10, when you were 30, when you were 40, but you think of what you've had ingrained into your life since the day dot, for some of us that are over 45, you didn't get that joke, did you? That's cool. Like, maybe you're too seriously thinking here. But if you've, you've, if you, you've, you've had ingrained into you who you are from, from day one, and that has been so molded and so ingrained and so saturated, and, it's cre- and, and then you, you find Jesus, and Jesus says, wow, we've we got to just mold that a little bit. We, we might have to stick a bomb under that. We might have to just change like maybe one to a hundred things there. But that's the very person you are in a way. It's something that, that's just, but there's a few things that God's just got to really, he's just got to reshape. And, and to reshape it, that's going to take a lot of pain. It's going to take a lot of pain. That's going to take a lot of perseverance. That's going to take a lot of endurance. It's going to be at times severe. That's why you have to persevere, because it is going to be severe. And, and, and so there's this, this pain that's coming upon you, but you, you, you're just not sure how you can take it. And so Jesus perspired because he wanted to trust his father. Jesus went through pain because he wanted to change. He wanted to change history. He wanted to change the world. He wanted the world to have an open door into the heavens. He wanted the world to be able to come before God the Father like him and throw out their trials and their problems and their struggles. He wanted them to be able to perspire just like he perspired. He wanted to take them on a journey. There was a quick journey. God could do this to you anytime. He could be miraculous and he could say this, you know what, I could just change you right now. He could be a genie and go, boom, yeah. And we'd most surely all like that because then it would be easier for us to live with our partners or with our family or with our friends. And we go, well, God, if you could just change them like a genie, that would really suit me right now. But, but the pain is, is that, 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 that sometimes you are who you are and God's got to somehow reshape that. And if you don't let him reshape it, you'll go through more pain. Because when God kind of like shows us the painful things that we are, he heals them. And he creates in us something beautiful that we never were before. And I like that. I like that, what God does with us. I think it's crazy. I think it's really cool. I think it's just... I think it's nuts, but I like what God can do in our hearts. But, but if you're going to totally transform, you're going to have to go through pain 
and I'm not sure how many of us want to go through that pain. God says Jesus also dealt with this, this area that he, he, he talked about us having to, this place where he came to a place of prayer when it came to this area of perseverance. He was with God the Father. He was just always talking to him. And I'm just going to say this. If we're going through hard times, you better start throwing your, your, your thoughts at God every, every second, every minute. Every, 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 every sleeping, waking eye that you get, you better be talking to God. You better be real close to God. Jesus said this, that he also, one of the problems that he had while he was persevering, and I'm thinking about this, and maybe you could help me here, is that the, the, the problematics were not just the pain he was going through. The problematics was not just the perspiration that he had to throw out into the garden, but some of the problematics that he had was people. There was a lot of perseverance that had to go on there. I mean, come on, let's just think about it in the Gospels. What were some of the people problems that he had? Anyone thinking out there? What were some of the people problems that Jesus had if you read the Gospels? Judas. Oh, he just got betrayed by a guy that kind of, kind of walked with him for three years. Thomas. Doubt. Oh, you doubt me. Deal with the religious leaders that, that thought they could tell him what was right and what was wrong. You know, we get that today, don't we? Religious leaders. You know? All of his disciples rejected him. Man, you just walked with them and they rejected you. They lacked faith. They went fishing after you died. They didn't even trust the words you said that you would rise again. And so, oh, you know what? Well, Jesus said he's going to rise again. Yeah, let's go fishing. A lack of faith. This, these, this area, you just go, you just go through the Gospels. It's here, everywhere. All these, yeah, Jesus had all these people problems, man. I mean, they, they stoned him to, you know, they didn't stone him to death. They kind of like whipped him to death. What was it? Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's good. Oh, it, you know, he does all these miracles at another place and they don't even believe. What's that? And he says they'll be, they'll be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. God's got all, Jesus got all these people problems that are walking around. See, I, I, think, I think sometimes the whole thing is that, that sometimes we're having to persevere. And you're thinking, I'm going to say we've got to persevere with others? I think we've got to persevere with ourselves. I think that's some of the biggest struggle, that, that we have to deal with our own self first. And then on the other hand, you know, because God's saying, God, is this your, you know, Jesus is saying, God, is this your will? And then at, at the, on the other hand, the, you know, the disciples are down waiting for him, so he goes down and they're asleep. Come on. I've just done miracles. I've loved you. I've fed you. I've walked with you for three years. You couldn't even stay up for a little bit. You are so weak. And so Jesus is dealing with all these people problems. He's, he's crying out. He's perspiring to the Father. He's going to be in pain. He himself is going to have to persevere through what he's going through. And then right there is, is all these people that are uh, through the whole three years that he's had to deal with. And he's saying, whoa, they've rejected me. They've been unfaithful. They've doubted me. 
They've, they've kind of like, they've, they've, they've thrown everything they can at me. They've told lies about me. And, and yet, God, you're telling me to open my arms and love them. I'm wondering, he's saying in the game, I'm wondering if I can even trust you, God. Is that what you want? Do you actually want me to die for them? Are they worth it? Will they hang on? Will they allow me to build their character so that I'm not just building a person for now, but I'm building a person for the kingdom of heaven? Because we want to transform this into the heavenlies. We're not leaving this person here. The things God is doing in you is what he wants to take into eternity. Amen? So if you think it's tough, well, get used to it because God's going to take it into heaven and you've got it for the rest of your life. Because he's going to make something beautiful out of it. So that you and the angels and everyone else can enjoy it in heaven. Wow. Wow. I love that word. Man, I think I'm going to look at trials and struggles in a different way. Because he says, don't give up when it gets tough. He says, endure and be patient. If anything, he says, when you are lacking wisdom, he says, will you just, will, will, will you just perspire and ask me? Just perspire a little bit longer and ask me. And he says that, that when you ask for God's wisdom, he says that you will lack nothing and you will be perfect. In James chapter 1, I think it's verse 5. Don't me if I'm wrong. No, don't do that. <laughs> Am I wrong? You don't know, do you? <laughs> I was doing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was pull back. <laughs> oh, praise God. Praise God. He says that you'll be lacking nothing. You'll be perfect. You know why? Because you perspired and you asked. You went through pain and you were transformed. There were problems all around you called people, and one of those persons was you. <laughs> Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've saved us. Father, thank you that you've allowed us to persevere. You've softened our hearts. Thank you that you've softened us, God, that you've allowed us to let our hearts be changed through the miracle of what you did in us, God. And Lord, this morning I pray that you would do a work in each person that is going through a trial. And I believe there's most probably many this morning, Lord, because we're all wanting to be changed and transformed into the image of your Son. And so, Lord, just teach us and show us what it is to soften up and to love you. Amen? Amen. Amen.